Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League Fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. Quick note on a few shows we are planning on coming up. Tonight we are doing our annual pre-draft ranking special in advance of the NFL draft starting this Thursday, April 29th. We will have night-by-night coverage during the draft as well. Make sure to follow our Twitter feeds for full live reactions at TJ3Duncan and at Hammy2112. Then we will be doing our yearly post-draft mock draft to get you ready for the summer with a couple of special guests we have lined up. Finally, we are planning on a special rules series this summer covering things like the Superflex, multi-week playoff series, tight end premium, half PPR versus full PPR, and much more. You won't want to miss out on any of it, so like, subscribe, and review the show to make sure you're going to be a part of the fun. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Again, that's dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. You can also write us there if you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward. Please contact us there. All right, so to start, before we get to the rankings... I have a full list of the top 30 quarterbacks, top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, top 25 tight ends, and then the top 25 rookies with an overall top 100. We're not going to have enough time to go through the entire list. So I will throw this up on the site page that I will link to in the show notes, and you can see the full preview there. E, if you want to kind of put your list together, I know he's going to sound a little somber tonight. He is extremely overworked right now, <laughs> and uh, he's just putting in extra duty. So forgive him, folks, if the energetic E that you normally get where he's bouncing off the walls is not there. But uh, I put this list together very simply. I look at Dynasty as multi-year. But I don't want to put it so long term that it makes you incapable of doing stuff in the short term. So I put it at simply this. Which player would I like to have more over the next three years? A couple of players like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, some of these older quarterbacks would still fit in under that three year window. Some of these running backs that you have at 24, 25, even maybe pushing 26 would still kind of fall in that window where I'd give them a little bit of leeway one way or the other. Uh, Like a Christian McCaffrey, I don't doubt him for the next three seasons. It's maybe after that that we'd start to be able to push what his dynasty value would be beyond that. But I think you'd be kidding yourself in the short term if you gave him too much of a credit what might happen four seasons from now. So where would you like to start? We're going to go through probably the Top 10 quarterbacks on my list, top 20 running backs, top 20 receivers, top 10 uh, tight ends, and uh, we'll give my top 15 or so uh, rookies coming in for the draft on Thursday, Friday. Uh, Let's start with something that I think we can get through quickly, tight ends. Okay, tight end. That seems pretty simple. I think for the most part, everybody kind of knows roughly where the top of the list is, but let's just run down the top 10. Quick question. Are you going to be including, say, for some reason, if a rookie, if you feel like he's going to be in your top 10, will you be including him in this list or are you saving that for your rookie list? All rookies are currently held out of any of these rankings lists. I will add those in once we know exactly what teams they're on, because I think the value of, let's say, for example, because we're doing tight ends, Kyle Pitts is far and away the top tight end in this draft. Some people have said he's the top pass catcher 
overall, regardless of position, coming into this draft. But where he ends up makes a huge difference as to what his situation might be, depending on who the quarterback is, what their offensive scheme is, and how they're going to utilize him. If he ends up in some place like Atlanta or Miami, Dallas, that has a much different bearing on if he ends up with oh the Lions, where they already have TJ Hawkinson. They have a I guess you would say below average quarterback and Jared Goff. So I just like to see kind of how things shake out. I know we'll probably be doing another rankings episode at some point, probably right before we get to training camp. So you can kind of see as these things, because these lists evolve like anything else in fantasy football. So I'm not beholden. This list is going to change Thursday and Friday, but this is where we're currently at as of today. So number 10, Currently on my list, Dynasty Rankings, Logan Thomas, Irv Smith Jr., Mike Gusecki, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant. Those are 10 through 6. Any reaction to those? No, I kind of like it. I even like the Logan Thomas. I might even have him a little bit higher just with how young he is and how he really came onto the scene this past year. But, yeah, I like it so far. I'm not sure where I would put him ahead of some of these other guys. Gusecki has had his moments in Miami. They clearly want to use a multi-tight end set at different points in their game planning. And Goddard and Fant, I can't imagine putting Logan Thomas ahead of those two right now, given age, scheme, and how they're utilized. So let's go through the top five then. Number five, I have Mark Andrews. Number four, TJ Hawkinson. Number three, Darren Waller. Number two, George Kittle, number one, Travis Kelsey. I think you could argue on the last two years that Darren Waller has been the more valuable prospect given Kittle's injury history, but Kittle is a slightly younger prospect. Travis Kelsey is by far and away the number one, but any other reaction to that? No, and I know you were talking about Kyle Pitts earlier. Even with him not being on a team, even if he was to fall to the Lions or something like that, I would still have someone like Kyle Pitts in my top five because I think he's that damn good. I think it's quite possible that he might end up there. I'd still like to see a little bit of it. I think the way people have gotten a little bit ahead of the horse on this one has me a bit worried, but I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me a lot of Vernon Davis, but a better athlete, if you can believe that or not, than Vernon Davis. Uh, He's just kind of just a freak of nature. Well, he looks like a, an extremely big-bodied receiver yeah. who's also extremely fast. Yeah, and extremely strong. So that rounds out our top 10 tight ends. Which position would you like to cover next? Uh, let's go to quarterback. Okay, quarterback's probably the second easiest. We'll take it from number 10. Currently, I have at number 10, Matthew Stafford. Number 9, Aaron Rodgers. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number seven, Joe Burrow. Number six, Justin Herbert. And then we'll leave the top five for a second. You obviously, I'm just seeing it in your eyes. What's the uh, major reaction that made your uh, eyebrows raise? I think having 12 so low. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming off an MVP year, I think he still has a shit ton to prove. I think he still has that major chip on his shoulder. 
Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there with age, and I understand that. Who do you want the next two or three years? But with Joe Burrow coming off the knee injury, and who else did you put? Justin Herbert as well. I don't know. Like, I get why you have Aaron Rodgers where you have him, but I think I could see him in front of those two guys as well. If you can tell me legitimately that he's not going to have a severe drop-off when he hits, you know, 38-39, the Drew Brees cliff, that we had this last year because there's nobody else like Tom Brady. So let's not even entertain that right now. Every other quarterback that we've ever seen play this game has not survived the 40 age limit. Now he could be different. I don't know, but to me, this point that puts him right around that mark. And usually there's a drop off season. So if you're telling me I can have one of these younger quarterbacks that played really well last year and has a rushing element to their game, I'd rather have those right now than Aaron Rodgers, despite how he played last season, because he played last season and was the top touchdown thrower, which helped elevate his game. He did also have some rushing touchdowns, but how much longer is he going to produce those? I think from a game-to-game or fantasy value, these guys are likely to produce at higher levels, even though Aaron Rodgers is going to be a consistently good starter, even if he's not putting up some of those same numbers. Again, reminder that the two years before last season, he was a pretty uh, mediocre, if not not even starting quarterback for most fantasy teams. So I do want to remember that there isn't is a legacy in the not-so-distant past of him not producing at that level. I think a lot of that too had a lot to do with him being in an offense that he didn't want to be in anymore. Him and the big guy really butting heads. Also, I think Aaron Rodgers is a whole hell of a lot smarter than a guy like a Drew Brees. I don't think he needs to depend on his arm strength as much as somebody like a Drew Brees did. I just think he has those intangible tools to last a little bit longer, but I I agree and I understand everything that you've said. I just, we just have differing opinions on it. That's all. I don't think I would put him ahead of Herbert. I think you could make a very credible argument to put him ahead of Burrow and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the one that probably scares me the most out of this top 10, because I think he has one of the more uncertain futures for next season that doesn't involve him being suspended. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And somebody like a Rogers rabbit, I think if he could go back in time and not trade away Kyler, you know, cause Russell was balling at that point in time, he did get Joe Burrow in the process, but then, you know, Joe Burrow got hurt the very next week. You know, you said it earlier already in this show, like everything changes so quickly in fantasy, but yeah, Russell Wilson, his status and just the amount that he gets hit, you really just don't know what type of Russell Wilson you're going to get as the year goes on. Well, I know you mentioned his team and we covered it before, but given what the core of that team was going into last season, Saquon Barkley out for the second straight year with most of the year being injured, coming off of an ACL for a running back, Josh Jacobs taking a clear step back, AJ Dillon now going to be the backup, but instead of potentially being the starter, they re-signed Aaron Jones. He got Russell Wilson, who started declining towards the second half of the year, and then whatever is going on with Michael Thomas, I wonder if somebody got a voodoo doll and started sticking him with it, because that guy just completely fell off the face of the earth. I mean, that was a team about, oh, 
a calendar year ago we thought legitimately could have won the league, and now I don't even know where he starts to put it back together. But then again, that could all change. Yep. I mean, 5-8 and eight won the championship, so. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so let's cover the top five quickly then, and most people can probably guess where these guys are. Number five, I have Deshaun Watson. Number four, Dak Prescott. Number three, Josh Allen. Number two, Kyler Murray. And number one, Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I'm actually really surprised that you have Kyler at number two. God, let me hear your reasoning as to why. Rushing element. Okay. I mean, because I know he, he you He simply has coach. more rushing touchdowns. And even though Josh Allen is, for the most part, the rushing offense for uh, the Buffalo Bills, when the Cardinals get in close, they're running read option a lot. So I think his ability to produce rushing touchdowns elevates his level just to a certain place beyond what Josh Allen is currently at. And as good as Josh Allen was last year, I need to see him do it again. Kyler is on this slightly upward trajectory, and you add in the rushing value, that's what's going to inflate your overall value. Most of these guys are prolific passers. It's the what you can add with your legs as a supplement that keeps your floor extremely high and your ceiling even higher. Patrick Mahomes is an underrated rusher and usually gets about four to five touchdowns a year on the ground with his legs. He does also produce about three to 400 yards, give or take, for the season. That's not bad. It elevates his level. It's that he's also throwing the ball more than almost any other quarterback on the face of the earth. So, you start looking at it, these are guys that are prolific in the passing game that are throwing the ball a lot, but then adding something with their legs. And all five of them have that element. 100%. Yeah, 100%. The other thing that gets me is, is Josh Allen is probably not going to scramble nearly as much as Josh Allen, or excuse me, Kyler Murray is going to scramble more than Josh Allen. I was confusing myself there for a second, just because I think Josh Allen's scheme is a little bit better and he can throw stuff in rhythm in a way that Kyler Murray clearly can't because of how really simplistic I think that that Kingsbury offense is. But let's not uh, belabor the point on that one right now. All right. We need to move to another position. Which one do you pick? Let's go to running back because I think that's the third easiest. All right, so we're going to go top 20 running backs. I will say James Robinson was number 21 and just missed this list. <laughs> and I know I am I am not of popular opinion on that one. Most people have him much higher. But number 20, I have Chris Carson. Number 19, Josh Jacobs. Number 18, Miles Sanders. Number 17, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Number 16, Antonio Gibson. I mean, there's a couple that, in off the top of my head, I think I might have a little bit earlier, but I'm interested to see what you got for your next couple. Well, I think the issue tends to be, I thought I would have been higher on a few of these guys. My problem comes in, who do you rank below them or right. the guys that are currently above them? Like, the top ten is pretty established. The next five or so are guys that are pretty close to either breaking out or need comeback seasons, but we've seen it from the before. And then these next five are guys that are kind of in that second tier that are probably not going to be running back ones, but are pretty solid players that could elevate themselves, but you don't know. So 
All right, number 15, I have David Montgomery. Number 14, I have Austin Eckler. Number 13, Joe Mixon. 12, J.K. Dobbins. 11, DeAndre Swift. The J.K. Dobbins one is actually a little surprising. I did a lot of research this past summer on J.K. Dobbins and finding out how much the Ravens actually really like Gus Edwards, I think is going to hold J.K. Dobbins back a little bit. I think he's in the perfect offense for him, but I think they're more set on a two running back system. But yeah, I, it's really hard, you know, cause you said it yourself, like the, I'm sure your top 10 is probably ones that I'm going to agree with a lot. A lot of these people can be a little interchangeable. Joe Mixon, I have Joe Mixon and I'm just kind of surprised you have him as high as you do just with his injury history. But when he does play, he is pretty successful, but there's a lot of questions on that Bengal offense as well. Those were just two that stuck out to me right away. Number 11 with DeAndre Swift, it's the Lions. You don't know what you're going to get from that offense going into year number two. J.K. Dobbins, I agree with you that he has to share rushing carries with not only Gus Edwards, but Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So who's going to take a lot of goal line work away from him as well? Joe Mixon, injury history. Austin Eckler, a little bit of injury history, but also undersized. And you want to know whether the Chargers are going to use him as the full-time back or if they're going to try and supplement to take a few carries away from him. His usage rate was what helped elevate his ability, that and his catching, which declined a little bit because Herbert's not a dump-off passer. David Montgomery only came on against some really weak teams towards the end of the year in the playoffs. I mean, all five of those guys have significant questions about them. I just felt a little bit better about the top 10, but these are all guys, again, that either A, you wouldn't mind having for the next three years and building upon because they could have a really high ceiling and explode, or they could completely flame out. And so it's kind of that in-between area. Who was that person you put with Miles Sanders? It was Miles Sanders and then... So I had Chris Carson at 20, Josh Jacobs at 19, Miles Sanders at 18, 17, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 16, Antonio Gibson. So, I mean, Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, those are two guys that I think could be in this next tier of people that you have. My argument for Miles Sanders is I don't really think there's anybody else in that backfield that's going to be taking carries away from him when he's healthy and going. Josh Jacobs, I think they're still going to try to work the hell out of him. He had a very roller coaster of a year this past year, and he wasn't really involved in the passing game as much as we thought he was going to be coming out of college. But they still worked the hell out of him. So, I mean, those are two guys that I think could sneak into your next tier. I'll be honest. I think the break at 18 is quite apparent like the drop-off between miles sanders and josh jacobs is enormous to me right now i almost could make an argument that james robinson is more valuable than josh jacobs right now because he has that passing element when you talk about Kenyon drake coming in not only to supplement but to be the passing down guy that concerns the hell out of me with josh jacobs where you were hoping last year he would grow into the role he now has to be carry dominant just to get enough touches to be relevant he is gonna be starved to get just to running back two quality like he's gonna be the new jordan howard wow that's going way out there well i know but you you remember jordan howard was a useful back for a couple of years and then just dropped off the face of the earth 
And I have a feeling that this guy is kind of going by that same moniker because as a receiving back, or excuse me, as a running back coming in, you have to be valuable in pass blocking and receiving to be a full-time back and stay on the field. And he just doesn't have that. Not to mention he has some health aspects that we haven't even discussed. So the difference between Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs to me is vast. And I could make an argument to move some of them. My only problem and why I think Miles Sanders is the back end of that kind of running back two class for me is every time the Philadelphia coach opens his mouth, I'm like just panicking <laughs> if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles okay. player owner at all. Yeah, I can understand that because I, I hated the hire for sure. My only saving grace is I think Miles Sanders is really the only thing on that offense. So if you want to be successful, you got to feed him. He's well, your best option. Hurts and Sanders. That's what's going to end up carrying you. Maybe Goddard, but I, I'm just very worried to see what Philadelphia's offense has become now that they've really put themselves in a corner. But anyway, let's go to the top 10. We'll get 10 through 6, and then we'll go from there. So number 10, Cam Akers. Number 9, Derrick Henry. Number 8, Aaron Jones. Number 7, Ezekiel Elliott. Number six, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I really can't make any arguments about any of those people. I thought you were a little low on Cam Akers, and then you kept listing people off, and I'm like, well. I thought very heavily about putting Henry at 10, because I think at some point he's going to wear out. We've kind of predicted it, but he's also this weird freak, and... I don't necessarily want to bet against it. I think Cam Akers has the most potential to move up to that sixth spot even by the time we get to week four. But do you really want to bank on that? Like all the rest of these guys that are either former top five guys that have backed off or guys with a little bit of overusage concern. Yeah, with Zeke, I feel like Zeke is kind of coming on a revenge, revenge year as well, having Dak come back. Um, another year removed from having COVID, I think he could have a possibly great year. But, you know, with what he did last year, towards the end of last year, you know, it's hard to make that argument. Fair enough. All right, number five, I have Nick Chubb. Number four, Alvin Kamara. Number three, Jonathan Taylor. Number two, Delvin Cook. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I. those are solid backs and I think your list at that point is really really solid I wouldn't have changed a thing fair enough let's go to our last category then wide receiver before we get to our rookies so let's start at number 20 and this is going to be a little bit surprising I just liked his target share for the team and where that was at because I think he's a talented wide receiver regardless but surprisingly number 20 Deontay Johnson. Okay. I like it. It's a flyer. I think he had a really good year. The issue is who is the guy in Pittsburgh? You know, we've had this conversation a million times. Like if you took two miles away, I think he'd for sure be a top 20 wide receiver, but I like it. I like it a lot. Number 19, Robert Woods. Number 18, Cooper Cup. Number 17 is the guy I am probably way too low on now re-looking at this because I put these together a week ago, T. Higgins. Number 16 is Brandon Ayuk, and then we'll go through the rest here in a minute. 
But any reaction to those first five? No, I like it. I think How's, Robert Woods, too, um, with the addition of Matt Stafford, I think he could be even higher than that. Now, some of the guys that just missed the list, Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay, are not in the top 20. Mike Evans surprised me. But go ahead. I did not like the way his season rounded out last year. He's had a lot of really good years, but he's touchdown dependent. I like to see the way he finished last season be the end, but even through the playoffs, he was not a dominant force. They really spread the ball around, and I'm a little bit surprised that my number 15 ended up being where he's at. I probably should have put him lower, given how I've talked about it before, but there's just a youth element to him. There's what he's done previously. you got to imagine that he's going to be healthier this year, and I think the way you projected him for last season might end up being how he ends up this season. But I went with Chris Godwin at number 15. I hope you're fucking right. <laughs> number 14, I have DJ Moore. Number 13, Amari Cooper. Controversial, number 12, C.D. Lamb. I love it. Number 11, Keenan Allen. I absolutely love it. I, You know how I feel about Keenan Allen. Another year, Josh Herbert in the league. Um, another year of experience. I think it could be a really big year for Keenan Allen if he stays healthy. CeeDee Lamb, I really do think he's the most talented Cowboy wide receiver. Having Dak coming back, we're really going to see what he can do. But yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not mad at you at all for having CD in front of Amari Cooper. I hope you're right about Chris Godwin. I hope he's the guy in Tampa Bay. Because I just feel like his game suits Tom Brady so much better. But, you know, Tom Brady evolved with that Tampa Bay offense. So you can't argue about that. With as much as Dallas flung the ball around early on in the season last year and what that coaching staff is going to want them to do, I imagine this to be another version of the Chiefs kind of offense, that up and down, throw the ball around a lot, and you're going to have two main targets. I expect these guys to both be top targets for the next couple of years because they're both signed for, I think, at least through 2023. The difference is C.D. Lamb's just younger. That's, That's it. I, I went a little bit on youth so that, you know, you might give him the benefit of health and, you know, not having to deal with some of the other distractions, whereas Amari Cooper's probably drawing the top cornerback from most teams, at least through this year. All right, number 10, Allen Robinson. Also He's... controversial, Terry McLaurin. Number eight, DeAndre New Hopkins. Number seven, Calvin Ridley, number six, Justin Jefferson. All right, give it to me straight. I think you are a little low on Nuke. I really hope you're right about Allen Robinson. It's that quarterback situation for him. We know he has the the talent to be a top 10 wide receiver in this league. It's just his quarterback situation really bums me out. Um, who else? Who'd you put at number nine? All right. So let's. Allen Robinson. We'll just take that from right there. Okay. Allen Robinson is a top 10 wide receiver, almost regardless of quarterback. And I think Andy Dalton is better than Nick Foles. And he's better even at his age than he got out of uh, Mitchell Trubisky last year. So 
they oddly enough, despite it not being a sexy pick, probably got a guy who used to be dominant with Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. He knows how to throw to big-bodied wide receivers. So I'm not too worried about Allen Robinson putting up numbers next year. He's going to be a non-sexy, like, fourth-round pick that's going to end up winning you your league. Terry McLaurin was my number nine. I think he is primed for a huge breakout. He had a decent year, and he didn't probably notice. And that was with some really bad quarterbacks. They had a rotating cast of just terrible guys. And now he gets uh, Fitzpatrick, who has been absolutely money with number one big-bodied wide receivers. Let's go. This is the time to make it shine. Nuke, I had it eight. I had seven for Calvin Ridley, and I had six for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I don't mind it one bit. I I, I really do it's like not Terry McLaurin, a, too. It is not a issue with Nuke so much as the other guys are exciting, already putting up some nearly similar numbers and are younger. All right, so number five, I have A.J. Brown. And I think he has the possibility of being in the top three after next year. Number four, I have DK Metcalf. I think that's about as high as I could put him because I'm really, and I can't emphasize this enough, worried about how Seattle's going to be throwing the ball around next year. Number three, I have Stephon Diggs. Number two, Devontae Adams. Number one, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue. I mean, with what Stephon Diggs with Josh did with Josh Allen, you cannot argue having him in your top three. And Tyreek Hill over Devontae Adams is simply a matter of younger guy, younger quarterback. But they were both equally dominant for most of last season. Yeah. So any big issues with the list generally? No. I like it a lot, honestly. All right. So let's go to rookies then. Uh, I'm going to give you – let's go to my top 15 right now. And just missing the cut was Justin Fields because I really want to see where he ends up. There's this – gnawing thing in the back of my mind and I read this somewhere today and I really didn't want it to be true and then I thought about it for a second but how the draft process has pretty much factored out the two black quarterbacks and we're getting all three of the white guys that are going to be one two and three (laughs) and what's going to end up happening is Justin Fields by virtue of um, Bill Belichick not being scared of having a black quarterback be the face of his franchise is going to end up dominating the league for the next 20 years until he literally is coaching from his coffin uh, because everybody else passed. But anyway, right now I have number 15, Justin Wilson, or excuse me, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, my bad. Number 14, I have Jermar Jefferson out of Oregon State, the running back. Number 13, I have Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Number 12, Najee Harris out of Alabama. Number 11, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. Okay. I have Najee Harris much lower than most people, but your thoughts? Yeah, for sure you have him much lower than I did. But I I don't think this running back class is all that great this year anyway. So I really don't have a huge issue with what you were saying other than your running back was who from Oregon State 
Jamar Jefferson. Yeah, I don't even have him in my top ten. So, and as running backs as, as a whole. Yeah, he's kind of one of those that once you get past some of these first round cemented names, quote unquote, you get a lot of these guys that will be in some people's estimation to be really high. Then in others, he'll fall back into like the fourth round or something. I just personally like him a lot more than uh, a lot of others, but that's just a, a feeling yeah. I have. A lot of I think he's the only other guy that could be a three down back out of this class before you start getting into the Michael Carters, the Chuba Hubbards, the uh, Kylan Hills. Uh, and I'm not sold on either Trey Sermon or uh, Stevenson out of Oklahoma right now. So number 10, I have Terrence Marshall Jr. Number 9, I have Jalen Waddell. Number 8, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Number 7, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. And number 6, Rondale Moore out of Purdue. A lot of people are pretty high on Rondale Moore. I don't know where I fall with him yet. Um, He tested really, really well. It's just the size for me. Very small, but very shifty, very fast. It's one of those, I think he's a boom or bust type of a guy. Either you're going to look like a genius taking him, or it's going to be one of those like shit. I, I think everybody outside of the top five is really, really dependent on where they end up. I could see Rondale Moore ending up close to a Tyreek Hill type. I could see him being an elite slot wide receiver who gets a ton of possession catches, not necessarily a lot of touchdowns, but is really valuable in a PPR format. Or I could see him going to a team that's run dominant, runs uh, a lot more out of 11 personnel, and he kind of gets lost and gets the Tavon Austin treatment. I could see a range of scenarios. All right, so let's go to my top five then. These are pretty much the top five that I think most people would have with the exception of maybe uh, Najee Harris creeping in here somewhere. Number five, Javante Williams, UNC. Number four, Travis Etienne, Clemson. Number three, Devontae Smith, Alabama. Number two, Kyle Pitts, Purdue. Number one, Jamar Chase, LSU. Kyle Pitts, Florida. You said Purdue. (laughs) Yeah, I have it on this list as Purdue. Yeah, that's Uh, a gross. Only issue I have with that is Javante um, Williams is my number one running back. So I have him in front of Travis Etienne. I understand why. I just like Etienne's game from a passing down standpoint already, where he's had multiple years as a pass blocker. I think he's a little bit more NFL ready immediately, whereas I like Javante Williams from a physical standpoint and athleticism standpoint. But I think there's going to be a ramp up when it gets to the NFL where he's not going to play right away, depending on which team he goes to. And he's going to need time to develop into whichever system takes him. There are also some systems that are a little bit better for him than others because he's more of a one-cut running back. I'd love to see him go to a zone scheme, one of these Shanahan-type teams. Like, if he ends up somewhere like the Jets or the Bengals or something like that, even to a certain extent, uh, Arthur Smith with the Falcons. Because I think early on in that second round is where you're going to see a lot of these top running backs go, where you get the Dolphins and Atlanta and 
I'm trying to think who else would be in that category. Maybe Denver early on. Uh, you might see Dallas take a running back early in that second round. I mean, these are just a couple of possibilities. I, I don't necessarily call that shot, but I think where usually I'm going to see somebody like ETN or uh, Javante Williams, a Michael Carter, a Kenneth Gainwell is going to be probably that second round. You'll get a few of these other guys, the Jamar Jeffersons, uh, the Chuba Hubbards into that third round. So I think where some of these position players, especially wide receivers and running backs are going to go is mostly in that day two Friday pick. And that's where I'm going to be most interested when it comes to dynasty rankings before we get to our rookie draft. We both know that Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts are probably coming off the board in the top 15. Yeah, that's easy money right there. So anything that you think might be a bold prediction for Thursday, Friday? No. No, not really. I Every mock draft that I've seen, I've been like, yeah, I, I can see that. I don't think this draft, I don't think it's as deep as a lot of the drafts that we've had in the last couple of years, especially from a fantasy standpoint. So I, I'm not really predicting any huge surprises. All right. I'm going to call this now. Only one of the five quarterbacks ends up being a regular starter in three years. Okay, uh, I'm, I'll do one then, if it's like that. I think that only the big three of these running backs will be a starter in the next two to three years. I think only Javante Williams, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne will be um, real, real starters for their team. I just, the more I look at it, the more I think that the top two players are much higher than everybody else. And then I really like Devontae Smith, but I have some concerns and I want to see where he fits. And then it's a matter of where do you get drafted? Who do you fit with? And where's your opportunity? But I'm sure we're going to talk about that more when we get to our post-draft mock draft. So let's go to the overall rankings then. These are going to be the top 50 that I have right now for Dynasty before we get to the draft on Thursday. Number 50, TJ Hawkinson. Number 49, Russell Wilson. 48, Robert Woods. 47, Cooper Cup. 46, Joe Burrow. 45, Josh Jacobs. 44, Miles Sanders. 43, Clyde Edwards Elaire. 42, T. Higgins. 41, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk, I think, are a little, are a little low. But, you know, there's so many good players in the NFL. But those are just two guys that popped into my head right away when you said them. That I was like, I can see those guys being higher. I think they probably will be higher, especially T. Higgins, as we get into the season. And part of this was based off of my old list. But I really would have a hard time putting them above a couple of the other guys that are just ahead of them. Number 40, I have Justin Herbert. Number 39, I have Antonio Gibson. Number 38, Chris Godwin. Number 37, David Montgomery. Number 36, Austin Eckler. 35, DJ Moore. 34, Amari Cooper. 33, CD Lamb. 32, Joe Mixon. 31, Deshaun Watson. I think the two Cowboys running backs, or running backs, the two Cowboys wide receivers were the two that popped in my head that were like, 
yeah, I think these guys could be higher, especially if Dak is doing what he was doing last year before he got hurt. But it's hard to make these lists, man. Like, it's really hard to make these lists. So when I'm correcting it, it's really just people that I think that are like, yeah, they're good in that spot, but I think they have the potential to have that really big year where they could be up there. And again, these are in the same type of rankings by position. It's now they're all blended together. And I overweighted a little bit to quarterback because of how our league scoring is, which I think everybody should frankly adopt. And the other thing is how valuable the tight end can be if you have one of the elite guys. So I put all three of these guys. I think all three of them make my top 25. All right, let's move to the top 30. Number 30, J.K. Dobbins. Number 29, DeAndre Swift. Number 28, Keenan Allen. Number 27, Allen Robinson. Number 26, Terry McLaurin. Number 25, Darren Waller. Number 24, Cam Akers. Number 23, Derrick Henry. Number 22, New Hopkins. 21, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is somebody I think could be, you know, up there at that next tier. He's somebody that's been, you know, on the verge of that major breakout these last couple of years. But other than that, I, I, I don't have any problem with that section of your list. All right. Number 20, George Kittle. Number 19, Dak Prescott. Number 18, Josh Allen. Number 17, Aaron Jones. Number 16, Ezekiel Elliott. Number 15, Justin Jefferson. Number 14, Kyler Murray. 13, Saquon Barkley. 12, Travis Kelsey. Number 11, A.J. Brown. Number 10, D.K. Metcalf. Dak and Zeke, two people that I could see up there if the if that Cowboy offense is rolling like they were before. But if you remember, they weren't winning games. You know, the offense was just having to score a crap ton of points because the defense was really, really shitty. So, I mean, if that's the case again, I and the way Dak was playing before he got hurt, those are two guys that I could see that are up there a little bit further. And their schedule is going to be extremely favorable this year, not only against their own division, but just their opponents are going to be that much better because they had a poor record so last year. Yeah, they were so shitty. So I already gave number 10 as DK Metcalf, but number nine, Patrick Mahomes. Number eight, Nick Chubb. Number seven, Stefan Diggs. Number six, Elvin Kamara. Number five, Jonathan Taylor. Number four, Devontae Adams. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number two, Delvin Cook. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I like that top 10. I think the controversy might be I might have some of these quarterbacks too high, but and this was something a league member of ours had been messaging with me that we're going to talk about when it comes to super flex and how devalued or scaled back the quarterback position were, is at this point. I remember the old fantasy days where passing touchdowns were still six points instead of four and where the quarterback position was king. We've obviously moved away from that when we started getting the Peyton Manning, you know, 40, 50 touchdown, that type of era. And we got some of these huge passing numbers where Brady and Breeze and all of them were putting up touchdowns left and right. Now, with the advent of them using their legs with as prolific as these offenses are going to be and just a very simple tweak 
such as long touchdowns, which we have bonuses for in our league, or slash and making the yardage instead of 25 yards, 20 yards. So you get an extra point every 100 yards. Plus add in any of the bonuses. Like in our league, we have plus three for 100 yards rushing or 100 yards receiving. We have plus three for 300 yards passing. Those things where you get a quarterback that's consistently putting up 300 yards will slightly elevate the quarterback position just enough so that it becomes one of the top spots on your team. Because I I agree in this sense, when someone suggested we go to a super flex league, is the quarterback position is the most valuable in football. It's why the number one overall pick is almost always a quarterback, and why teams are constantly trading up to get one. We can't have a league where running backs are necessarily always the most dominant position, Having a key quarterback, and you look at the top five, top six guys in our league, they all have one of these elite guys at the top of their roster. That has to define somewhat of your team. Obviously, you have to get other guys around them, but that's where you pretty much start, and then you go from there. Josh Allen was on Dana's team. I have Patrick Mahomes. You have Kyler Murray. Ben has Deshaun Watson. Derek has Dak Prescott. I mean, you go through the list. There are aren't too many of these guys that don't have one of those elite guys. Yeah, no, I, you pretty much summed it up when you listed all the best teams in our league and the quarterbacks that they have. So I will throw up the rest of my top 100 and all of the rest of my positional rankings up online. Again, you should be able to click the link in the show notes in order to get to that. I will have that up for you uh, as soon as we drop this episode. Uh, if you have any other questions, please email us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. And again, we will be covering the draft in depth. If you missed my Oscars coverage last night, I think I did like 40-some tweets in about three hours. So you can only imagine what we're going to do during the draft. Uh, I'm definitely going to be up for that one. I'm preparing my entire week around it and uh, to get ready for everything that is to come. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again soon to continue our off-season coverage. But until then... Wear a mask. Enjoy the draft. It's the best time of year. And it's getting to that point where it's nothing but football. So enjoy the draft, everyone. Hope springs eternal. Everybody's got a 0-0 record and a shot at the Super Bowl. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.